Well, welcome home to the DeGlorias. All right, and Joe and his family, uh, stand up, uh, young man. Josh, yeah. Uh, we've got Canadians here tonight, and you know, they've suffered enough to be well-loved and treated kindly. Um, do we have, is the boat, are the boat people in? Or you can get seated over there if you need to. We're going somewhere. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that people ask in, in regard to the Christian faith is why some people, uh, they're born again, they go through the, the, the program and they, they, they move. Even though things are slow, they, they don't stop, they're not a lot of detours, and they're not um, checking themselves and wondering and going around and around. Uh, and so you have a, really two types, and, and Sparks talks about it, and then he, and he touches the reason, and it's the, it's the same old thing. It's, it's the, the mirror, you know, I, way back I got the picture of looking at the mirror and the, the time spent. And he, and he says this, and uh, if, you're, if you're not going forward, there's one reason, because God knows who's really with him. You know? He knows if you're theatrical, you're just a, a kind of double-minded and hopeful that maybe uh, you've done all you can do. Uh, and, and because this isn't coercion, our relationship with the Lord, he frees us uh, to be love slaves. He owns us. And, and then the, the idiocy and the insanity of us going around like we own ourselves is uh, it, it's a fracturing thing. And all of us have uh, had some understanding of that. And I would, I would say I'm certainly uh, hadn't been on a full run. I, spoke a word sometime about um, what is it when you go in the airport and there's a, they give you a, a fast run or what's the term they call it? Fast track. Fast track, yeah. With Christ there isn't a fast track. There's suffering and dying and that's it. And I, I, I was... <laughs> well, if, if you don't see that, you know... <laughs> If you're, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to lose your, your wonderful life, dear, uh, you don't go forward. It's not going out, it's not the reason, it's not the services we have, it's not community, it, it's none of anything that comes from us, and that should be clear to us by now. But it, it needs reaffirming, and here it is, I, I, I love the way uh, he puts it. This grand old man has done more 
than just about any theologian, and he's been gone for a while, and he's still, his life still has a, a sharp knife cutting through. Listen to this. Well, this little line helps. It says, the Holy Spirit knows us. He looks right deep into our hearts and knows whether we mean business. He sees exactly what there is to hinder him. And there's really nothing to hinder him. That's, that's he can go to the Lord, or, but he's not going to coerce anyone. If we're taken up with ourselves, occupied with ourselves, circling round ourselves, centering in ourselves, then the Holy Spirit does not move. Question. We have, we have come to an end of ourselves. We must. That is the trouble with so many. They've got a self-complex set up. And all the time, it is a continuous going around and around in a circle and coming back to the same point at which they started. And it is all round themselves. And they are wearing themselves out. And you know, I'm going to insert this. God knew that. He knew that we wouldn't fast track it. He knew very well we would waste a lot of time. He, know, he knew exactly where the church is. And very few uh, will, will have this, this uh, capacity. And, it, you know, and it's, not any, it's not anything that uh, he gives to you. It's the, it's the understanding that you can't move without it. And the total dependency. They're wearing themselves out, and before long, they're going to have an awful crash that involves all that for which they are supposed to stand and represent the Lord. And it will come down with them. The Holy Spirit has not a clear way. We have to get out of the way as far as self-occupation is concerned. God help that. I'm, you're going to hear that. I'll read it again. You know I will. Um, and I, it, is, it is so true. It's the central obstacle of your growth and mine. We don't move if we're moving by our initiative, our understanding, our analysis. It has to come by God himself. Help us to do that. Father, we thank you for the richness of uh, this night. Uh, loved ones are here, and, uh, relatives and family, and, and you're doing things within our family. Lord, the affliction is, uh, is strong. The, the difficulty is there. And you've, you've stayed with us regardless of this self-love, this sick thing that has stopped us from a greater knowing of who you are. So be with us this night and touch us and envelop us with the understanding that we need to have if we're going forward for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's go.
way if you were planning on getting up here. It wasn't very, whoever you are, it wasn't very fast. This, this is, everything sounds really loud. I'll just say a couple things. We had a good trip, uh, good time in Ireland, and I particularly had a wonderful time in Scotland. And they have a beautiful place um, that, um, <clears throat> like picturesque, like unbelievably beautiful. And uh, because I did a lot of driving, we appreciate your prayers because we generally almost died every day. So. <laughs> It wasn't funny at the it wasn't funny at the time either. Um, the Bible says to die daily, so it's within the confines. I could not really even believe uh, we had flown all night when we got to Dublin and we rented a car and followed Andrew home because his family also flew in, Matthew and Bethany and their family flew in the same morning, same day, same flight. Um, and so I followed them back and uh, was lacking sleep and, <laughs> I could, and it was raining and Andrew was uh, ostensibly going slow um, but that was not true uh, and I, I, I couldn't get over how narrow the roads were and, I mean I could, I, <laughs> Honestly, I almost slipped into the old man a couple times with my language. I, I, I want to say that to you right now and confess that I had it was covered under the blood, but there was a few moments where the Asians really had the word right, um, the one that they use. Um, and for my poor wife, who was on what was the passenger side, which is the left, um, I, all of a sudden I'd see her arm shoot out and she'd grip the seatbelt thing and because <clears throat> I was helping trim the hedges with my side view mirror. <laughs> they came up with a, a really good idea also is that they have certain places that are a, a two-way but they're one lane. <laughs> That's handy. And then they have, they have every 300 yards they have these pull-offs. But God help you if you reach 150, you know, 150 yards between. And, and I did that. I, I mean, not on, on purpose. It just happened. Some guy, and those people drive fast. And he was flying along. And I'm not sure how come we didn't have a head-on collision. Maybe angels, perhaps. I don't know. But we missed each other. I just, I, didn't, I couldn't even fathom it. Like, at the end of the day, if I'd been driving, my head hurt, my neck hurt, my shoulders hurt, my arms hurt because I was like, I was, it was an intense. So anyway, and then they have all these roundabouts and that was interesting because they have one like every mile or two. And I, <laughs> I, had, a, I had a lot of instructors <laughs> with me. So that was important. That was really, that was really great. And uh, I, I just want to say a couple brief things. One is when I went to Scotland and it wasn't, you know, I had a, we had a great time in Ireland. We had a great time in Portugal. Um, although Portugal got really hot to me, um, it was, and so <laughs> after that a day at the beach, I, I had a hat on and sunscreen, but it just 
And I was in the water a lot to stay cool because the water was cold, but you could still swim in it. But then after that, I had long sleeves on and a hat and glasses, and it was, how did, how did you do this? Anyway, um, but I, I walked into the place in Scotland. Besides the beauty of the place, I walked in, and um, I was just struck, uh, and so it was a funny little group of, uh, one, two, three, four, one, two, six, seven. There's seven of them that live there. And I was just so struck with the presence of God when I, I got in a circle. It was just of them when they met us outside. I just was so moved by the, the Spirit of God there and the, the humility of Christ. And, and I thought, wow, we just get so moved away from what is genuinely the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is the presence of God with us and in us and working. That's what is really the hope of the gospel. And, and, and so then I was struck with that scripture. You just need two or three, the Bible says, where two or three are <laughs> together. Um, and, and the big thing is Moses had it right, didn't he? In Exodus 30, he said, don't take us any place if you're not going. And, um, and you know, if we, found, if we really have found your grace, don't take us anywhere if you're not with us. And I was so struck by that little group there and so moved personally. Uh, because I, I had such a sense of they were in the Lord's hands and God was surrounding them and with them. And uh, Anyway, it was very moving for, for me personally and I thought, what a, what a beautiful uh, picture that is of, of our Heavenly Father that cares and He doesn't... He's certainly not impressed <laughs> with our activity yeah. or our achievement. And, 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 um, and I love where I live and it's a, it's a lot beautiful more beautiful than when I left uh, three weeks ago. I appreciate somebody put food coloring in the grass. I don't know what they've done, but it's, it's very, very pretty. Um, and, but really the, the essence of, of what we really want is uh, the, the influence and the presence of God with us and moving with us. And I just, I'm going to keep this very brief. Um, and it was, I was just... Uh, <clears throat> I looked at this the other day. Um, it was nice. I could get up early in the morning and sit outside, and there would be an ocean breeze from we were half a mile from the ocean, but there was always a nice breeze, even if it was warm. Um, and and when you, I was reading through John, and after Jesus um, <coughs> arises, you know, rise, is risen from the grave. And maybe I can look over in John chapter 20. And this is his first encounter. And I'm sure with Mary, and I'm sure I've said this, but I just want to underline The message that he sends to, to the disciples um, is very important that he sent through Mary because Mary didn't recognize Jesus when he came out of the grave. It's a section in the garden. It, I'm not going to read it all. I just want to get to one thing. But it's 11 through 18 thereabouts. And he, he see, Mary didn't know she thought it was a gardener and, until he said something. He said her name, Mary. And, and then she recognized him. 
And he says in verse 17, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. And I think that's an important... Uh, I, don't, I don't have the full revelation of that, I don't think. But I think the one thing I know is for sure that what Jesus was really saying to Mary um, is that the relationship with me that you've had must change. And it must be something different now. The attachment you've had with me is a different attachment. You've been with me while I was walking my course. Um, he says, but go to my brethren, and this is, I think this is very important, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. And I'm sure I've said this before, but there's such an important thing. Of all the messages that Jesus could have sent to the disciples from Mary after just being the first one that that sees Jesus and um, he says just go give them this message and in essence he's saying it's not just my father it's your father and it's not just my God but it's actually your God and and it was a picture of the transition because Jesus showed up three times to the disciples um, and you know and then later he was with them for 40 days of you know and 40 nights with infallible proofs but the first time he shows up and we don't have to read it I, I really am going to be brief in John 20 verse 19 he says receive ye he, he comes in their midst you know he walks through the wall um, which that creates an alertness in your heart um, really, you know um, anyway he says receive he says to them receive ye there's more in there and you can read it on your own time I hope you have your own devotions um, so you get more you get more if you study your own stuff, but I'm just going to tell you a couple things I was looking at. Receive ye the Holy Ghost, and he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. I always have read that as being their born-again experience, where they really were born of the Spirit from above. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit, and they're born from above. And, and Jesus was able to do that because of who he was, because of what God had ordained him to do. Then he shows up a second time, and this time Thomas is there. And Thomas wanted to, you know, he's the one that was, uh, had some trouble believing that. And really, Thomas got a, has gotten a bad rap because all of them had trouble with believing. And so it says after eight days, Jesus showed, the second, showed up a second time. I don't, I don't know what Jesus was doing for eight days. Um, you know, where he just showed up again. I don't know what he was doing. Um, and if you do, let me know it later, because I, I thought, nobody knows in the room? Maybe Jonah. Maybe Joe Latorre. He's a minister. Okay. Oh, Joe says he was praying. Oh, that's quite an answer. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> All right. After eight days, he, he shows up to Thomas. He says, be not faithless, but believing touch my hands and touch my side. And I, I, I think this was a, an encounter, the second time he shows up to the disciples, it's an encounter where he's saying, look, would you, would you get a hold, handle what I have done? And what an important thing that is for all of us to get a hold of what the Lord Jesus has done. Right. And, and we've talked about that a lot, um, that the Lord Jesus opened a new and living way for you and I to have access to the Father through the Spirit. Um, he went before us, laying his life down so that you and I, and, and so that now we're in a state of where there's not imputed, sin is not imputed to us, 
Righteousness is imputed to us. I mean, that's a tremendous work. I mean, people that say we're, we're taking away from Jesus are nuts. Because as you walk forward, all you do is grow an appreciation for what he's done in opening this new and living way. But the relationship for the disciples and for us, and, I, and we know this, but we, I, I, I know I need to be reminded, it must change because it's got to become my God and my Father. And, and, and not just Jesus's, but my Father and my God. It must be this intimacy of relating with Him in the way that Jesus related to His Father. We also need, and, and you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, how could that be? And it's exactly what Mary said. It's not a bad question, right? How can this be? And, uh, and, and, and the response of Gabriel was that the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. So, I, And if I have to tell you, uh, I'm going to get to something else here in a second, but I, I, it should be uh, uh, burning on our hearts what Jesus prayed in John 17. He said that they may be one even as we are one. I mean, that's the kind of oneness that you and I should be looking for, right? That's the kind of, the, the kind of growth into this relationship. That, that's a bar, that's a standard that, that Jesus prayed. Uh, because not because it was a nice idea, it's because it was the intention of his father that there'd be more than one that came forth, that he'd be the firstborn of many brethren. That's always been God's intention to have a family. And so uh, I, I believe that the, the work that Jesus, the magnitude of the work that Jesus has done is not lessened to any of us, but actually it's increased. And that's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, he gave up the ghost and he said, uh, you know, it is finished. Because for him, it was finished. What he was, what God had ordained for him to do, the eternal purpose of God through the lamb being slain, that was, that was finished in Jesus' life. And, um, and that work is done for us. And we walk, that's why we're sitting here. That's why we lift our hands, because he opened this, this new and living way. Um... But then, I, I want to look at something I think, it just a, jumped out at me the other morning, and you know how that is sometimes, you have a cup of coffee or two, particularly when you have two. Sometimes you don't distinguish between caffeine and anointing. <laughs> so, having said this, jumped out at me. But it's John 21, and we're very familiar with John 21. It's where at the end he says, when you're young, you know, you clothe yourself, you want where you would. And when you're old, you'll stretch forth your hands, and, and somebody else will clothe you, and somebody will carry you, and, um, which is a beautiful promise that God is willing to carry us. And actually, I trust that as you look back over your life, you realize it wasn't this profound decision to follow Jesus, you were carried to places that, that you didn't realize you needed to be. Um, but uh, I think there's a pattern here for us, and, and that is, in this transition that God has had us in, out of the profound work of Jesus into actually the transformation here. So that our relationship grows into what he intended in the first place. That we also would be conformed 
to that same image. Um, there's a picture here. It says, um, Simon, uh, what's verse 3? Um, it says, Simon Peter said unto them, the others that were there, disciples, I go a, I go a fishing. Now let me digress for a second. I, um, when I got to uh, Scotland, I took, took a picture. Uh, they were showing us around. I took a picture and you see the ocean and it's beautiful green. and It's just picturesque, unbelievable. Um, and I sent it to John Basilica because he said, let me know when you get to Scotland. I sent it to John Basilica, a picture. I said, well, I've arrived in paradise. And do you know what he said? The first, he didn't say anything about it. He didn't say how beautiful anything. He said, have you gone fishing? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I told him I don't have the anointing that he does um, to do that. <clears throat> anyway, so Peter says, I go a fishing. And they said unto him, we also go with you. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus says, children, do you have any meat? And they said, no. And so he said, okay, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you'll find. And they did. And you know the story. They brought all those fish. They could hardly bring it in. And I thought, this is a pattern of when you and I make a transition into this relationship. What really is such an important aspect of this is that you will toil and toil and toil and you will catch nothing. And God wants to indelibly write that on us, that we have nothing. Because that is the way that Jesus did what he did on this earth, was that he had nothing apart from the influence of the Spirit of his Father working in his life. This also is the case with us. Children, do you have any meat? And they toiled all night. Now let me tell you an interesting story. And that is that we went for a long walk. They had these boardwalks and trails along the coast in Portugal. And we did so much walking. And because of that, I would eat gelato every day. Um, just to maintain the balance in my life. And, and I didn't gain any weight because we did so much walking. And uh, anyway, I'm just tired right now. Thank you. <laughs> So we walked down in the morning, right? We, where we stayed, we rented an Airbnb, whatever you call that, and, and it was a nice place, but it was a half a mile from the beach and the ocean, but there were about seven-tenths maybe. You walked down in the morning, it was, it was cool and it was a nice breeze, but at the, and it was downhill. And then at the end of the day at three or something in the afternoon or four when it was 95, that's when we walked back, uphill. And that was really quite an arduous journey. But on this one Sunday, we went on the boardwalk, and it's 14 miles long. We didn't do the whole 14 miles. I don't know what we did, two or three miles. It was an hour long. And um, so we're walking along, and these two older guys, and that's anybody over 61. Uh, no, but they were, they were well into their 70s. I mean, uh, they looked like they'd been in the area for, they were locals, and they had bikes, and they had these long fishing poles. And they're on, they put their bikes against the, the, on the boardwalk against the thing, against the rail. And, um, and I, we went by them, we agreed, good morning. And, you know, they were, you know, quintessential looking fishermen, uh, lines in their faces, something out of a Hemingway novel or something, that's what they looked like. 
And we, I look back and they're climbing over the rail. Now, these cliffs are 200, 300 feet, I don't know, some are even more. Some, they said 200 meters, which, you know, if you know meters, that's over 600 feet. I don't know, I'm just gonna be conservative. Two or 300 feet, I mean, really 10 feet is high. But two or 300 feet, I see them crawling and then they disappear and I didn't think anything about it. I just thought, well, I don't know, they'll be fine. So we went on our walk and we came back and their bikes are still there. It was just my wife and I when we came back. The girls stopped down at a beach that you could walk down to. So, um, and we look over, and I have a picture on my phone, or Hannah took the picture and sent me, because she doesn't like my pictures. So she takes the pictures. She sent it to me, and I see this guy that's gotta be mid-70s, late-70s. He has climbed down, like, onto this little thing that juts out, that's 200 feet above this raging sea that's crashing waves, and, and these long, and he's, he's climbing back. And I mean, he's having kind of a, hard time, he's not 25, and he's getting, he's got his bucket, and he's got his poles, and he's climbing back, and, and, and I mean, I, I could not believe it. I thought, this guy is nuts. And so I did send that, I sent that picture to John Vasilika also, <laughs> to prove to him that there were people that were even more committed to fishing than he was. Um, but you know, I thought about that, and I thought this, the, the thought of, of these disciples going out fishing all night and catching nothing, I thought, man, that is such a picture for us um, of what God wants us to find out. That, because um, you don't find out that you need the Lord because somebody stands here and tells you, or because you've moved to the community, or you have breakfast together, or whatever it is, the things you do. You don't find that out, you find it out because you, Absolutely, absolutely come to the point where you say, I have nothing. Yeah. And, um, and, but I looked at that, those men and I thought, at later, I was thinking about it, I said, because that, that was one of those things that my brain rejected. That somebody totally given over to demon possession would do that. Like, I just thought, are you want to kill yourself? Are you, trying to, are you trying to end your life, you know? Uh, they seemed happy enough, though. Um, but I thought the degree to which every single one of us will toil to get something out of ourselves is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And because that picture is so written in my mind of these men climbing down on these cliffs to catch fish, I thought <clears throat> it's unbelievable the lengths that men will go to and the strength of the soul right. to produce something out of themselves and what it takes and can you appreciate the miraculousness of God invading your life and delivering you from a soul that says I can do this I can bring this forth I can I can direct my life um, I can bring forth something of value I can I have me and, and the thing that God must show us in this transition to our relationship with Him and the growth and the moving forward in our relationship over and over and over is that we can toil and toil and toil and He wants us to know that we have nothing. And so if you woke up with nothing today, then you're in a good spot if you realize it. 
Because it's the work of God to show us that, that I cannot bring forth anything of eternal purpose, of life uh, everlasting that God has promised. Um, and I just want to close in the scripture in Habakkuk. This scripture has been in my mind for probably a couple months in Habakkuk 2. Because the whole point of what's going on is, the, is the, the transition because of the work of Jesus that we now are making so that you and I are joined to the Lord um, in the way that God intended. Someone ripped Habakkuk out of my mind. There it is, okay. But it's just uh, chapter 2. Um, Because there's a way, there's a litmus test I find that is this, is this growth of this relationship working? Because sometimes you don't know, right? Because I've done a lot of good things in a praise service, right? Or said a lot of good things in a praise service or in certain environments uh, that, look, that were conducive to saying, positive things about my relationship, but I, I sometimes must find this out. And this is a litmus test, I think. It's a litmus test for me. It says, I'll stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, watch to see what he'll say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And that word answer there, it, that's not a singular event there. It has a repetitive nature about it. This is a repetitive process that we're in. Um, to see how we're going to respond. How will I respond? How will I respond? How will I respond when I am reproved? When I am intersected by the Spirit of God in my direction. And then it says, write the vision, make it plain, uh, that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And this is the verse, verse 4. And this to me is the litmus test. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. I believe this is um, the litmus test for every single one of us, if in fact what comes out of my soul is lifted up. I, everybody in this room has a soul. And somebody preached it that you are a soul. That's what makes you you. You have the distinctive qualities of, a, of your individual person is because of your soul. Your mind, your will, and emotions. And we have, we have such a variety of souls here, right? And um, that's why we have trouble sometimes living together, right? If you've ever experienced that. Um, <clears throat> But this is the problem right here. The problem isn't having a soul. It's like when you say with your child, you don't seek to break their will. You seek to bring their will in subjection. You seek to bring your emotions, your opinions, your thoughts into subjection. And what this verse is saying is, the soul that's lifted up, that's the one that's not upright. 
The soul that says, okay, this is how it works. You're upset by something, okay? And say maybe you're with some people. Sometimes you don't have to be with people. You just get upset by yourself. That's why my wife says, who are you talking to when no one's around? Because I'm upset at something and I'm talking about it. And I'm a good listener. Um, but it's like that scripture that says, be angry and sin not. But, well, that's always been a curious scripture to me. <clears throat> and I think the whole point is you and I, God gave us a soul and intended us to have a soul. And that soul is tough and has um, all, all the attributes of our souls that make up the soul. But the problem is when that soul rules. So I'm in a room and I'm upset about something and so I fill the air with me. I fill the air with my opinion is lifted above every other opinion. Do you have to say your opinion sometimes? Yes, sometimes you do. Yeah. But you don't have to make it be the final answer. That's different, isn't it? You don't have to allow your emotional reaction to rule the community. Your soul's not upright if it's in a position of ruling. It says the just shall live by faith. What is that? That means that you are in a relationship of trust where the Spirit of God now is ruling, is not lifted. Right? The Spirit of God is lifted. Not your soul, not my soul. Not ruling in the atmosphere right now. I feel this way. And it... I feel a lot of ways. Anybody else? And I've also known sometimes if I exercise for 30 or 40 minutes, I don't feel that way anymore. I also notice that if I sleep one night, I wake up the next day and I don't feel the same way. Right? <clears throat> That's the problem with the soul, right? What God actually is doing with all of us, and this is what, what He's bringing us to, is that my soul must be under the covering of the Spirit of God continually. It's not intended to rule. The reason we, if we don't walk together, when we don't, is because someone's soul, or more than one soul, is lifted up. Multiple exalted souls. MES. The heavy disease. Right? So when I walked into the place in Scotland, and I'm sure they have problems. If they're humans. I think the beautiful thing that I saw was the humility of Christ. I think what makes this place beautiful is the humility of Christ, which means that the souls are under the Spirit of God and the influence of God. And that's exactly how Jesus walked, under the influence of the eternal Spirit. That's how He did what He did. So, Amen.
to do. The, uh, if, uh, if we're going to gain our souls, and when we do, it's, uh, it's through patience, which isn't just waiting around, it's staying under. And uh, the, if there's any area of repentance, it should be that we, we got away from the attachment to God, who's the only one who can really keep us and help us to finish this. And that's, that's vital.